Hi, friends. This is Lucy. Welcome to Nourishing the Essential. We have Gigi Holder with us today. She is a certified health education specialist. She holds dual masters in social work and public health. She spent two years in Burkina Faso, West Africa as a community health development agent for the Peace Corps. She is a licensed clinical social worker and program director for CHAMP. It is the Child Access to Mental Health and Psychiatry Program in the state of Mississippi. How are you today, Gigi? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm glad to be here again. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. A, it's just nice to reconnect and hear your bubbly laugh and see your beautiful face. But B, I'm just so excited about the work that you guys are doing and just everything that's that's going on to help Mississippi and to know that other states are creating these programs as well to dig in and help people with their mental health. So if you haven't seen the, if you haven't listened to the first episode, we did talk about the CHAMP program and the access that providers in the state of Mississippi have with that program. So please go back and check it out. I'll also link some information and some notes um, in the show information so you can go back and look. And today we're going to talk about child therapy and adult therapy. So I want to talk to you about how um, therapy in childhood can help us avoid um, adult trauma and uh, situations that we might not be in in adulthood if we had dealt with it as a child. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that with, with that, I mean, like you said, how is it that we can prevent, you know, situations or conditions from really from worsening? And it really just, be, it, it, I think with anything, the prevention piece, the catching it and getting ahead of the curve, uh, you know, addressing it earlier rather than later. So for some, if it, if it does stem to, you know, um, uh, something that was more, uh, that happened more so in childhood, or there's a strong correlation from it, you know, related to it happening in childhood for them, then, you know, if we're able to address it, then um, being able to do so, um, so that the individual can, you know, start really unraveling the, the cause, get to the root of of the situation, of the condition for themselves. So let's just kind of pick something out of the hat. Let's just say like, uh, you know, like a, a definitely a trauma, a trauma that more likely might've happened in childhood. And mm -hmm. then if not addressed, then what does the person do? Like as they get older, they develop their own defense mechanisms of ways to combat that. It's kind of just like, think of it as like a layer, like an onion, like the more layers that it has, the thicker that that onion is. But if we're able to right. peel back those layers and really get to the core, then we're able, it's like we're able to address things from the inside out right there. So that's really right. the importance of being able to address a concern. If it, if it was, if it did happen in childhood, then best to be able to address it then. But a lot of times we don't get that opportunity, but it still doesn't mean that even for adults in adult therapy, that they can't address uh, traumas that were happened in uh, or situations that occurred in childhood. It just might mean that the the digging will have to, you know, um, you know, be more apparent and definitely will have to be more intensive. Right. And I, I think too, as a, a child, then we have less barriers because we tend to have more trust as a child mm -hmm. and we tend to not have, in most cases, have built up so many, uh, obstacles in the way of our feelings. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're, those are a little bit more easily accessed sometimes for most people as children than as adults, because like you said, we have some coping mechanisms. So sometimes, you know, I, I know for me, um, going to therapy for postpartum depression has mm -hmm. been paramount, but oh man, did stuff come up that I was like, oh, 
well, that's my issue. Hello, let me just dig down in here and pull that back for, you know, all these coping mechanisms that we build up over the years to protect ourselves, which is natural. Um, you know, sometimes those have to be removed in order to get to the root of the problem. So, you know, when we talk about therapy, sometimes, um, that can just be (laughs) these connotations with therapy that, oh my gosh, you're going to be in it forever. Or, you know, and, um, when you talk about childhood therapy, what does the season of therapy look like? So if somebody's, you know, thinking about, I think my kid would benefit, um, maybe in this day and age, especially maybe, um, for some grief therapy, losing, you know, people, close to them with all the changes um, that have happened in the last year with the pandemic, either loss of a loved one or extreme, you know, change in lifestyle that they've gone through. Sometimes that, you know, parents might say, I'm going to send my kid to grief therapy. Mm-hmm. How long are we looking at? Are we looking at that they might go for a couple months, a couple years, or hey, just for this season, and then let's check it out again in another season? What does yeah. that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I love that you pose it as again, like, when would when is that kind of quote, unquote, the best time and seasonal time? Um, right. Really, it's 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 kind of like if we try to, again, think of it as that check in, uh, you know, whenever, first and foremost, whenever we recognize that you know, symptoms are starting to occur, whether they're starting to form more outwardly, are they becoming more external? Like with the grief, am I like, you know, constantly crying? Am I, you know, dark cloud? I don't want to eat, you know, are they, the symptoms manifesting like that? Are they pushing me away from, you know, others where I'm just kind of wanting to be more isolated? When we start noticing are, are becoming more apparent, I say, you know, seeking out that assistance. Um, And and a lot of times it may not be as external with that, you know, and that takes that insight for all of us. And again, it's different. And then especially for kids where, you know, they're not able to communicate that, but we as the adults got to be able to see, it's like, okay, let's say, you know, Johnny, you know, was smiling and laughing a couple of weeks ago. And now, you know, he's just, he's angry and, you know, outbursts and all this type of stuff, something's going on. So really tuned into, um, you know, like those, um, kind of symptoms, if you will, kind of like those signals. Mm-hmm. And then um, it really did with there. And like you said, a lot of times we think like once we're in it, we're in it forever. Right. Um, it really can be that thing where, all right, maybe I need this treatment for a good few months and then, uh, you know, and then I'm okay to, to let that go. But then maybe I need, like you said, a seasonal check-in. It could be, especially with grief, it could right. be, let's say like when the person passed away, maybe it was around Christmas time, you're doing fine for the whole year. And then as soon as it starts being like, November, beginning of December, you start feeling those symptoms come back on again, that would be the time to get that check-in again, you know, to do that maintenance, if you will. So it it really can just be whatever the person needs it to be for however long needed. And and I think that's good too, is just knowing that, um, just, just to stay in touch with what's going on with your body and with your mind. Um, you know, my husband and I, um, I'm really thankful that we do this, but we call it an evaluation and a reevaluation period. Yes. And whatever it is that we've changed in our life, we say, right, we're going to do this for now. And then in this is such a time, we're going to reevaluate. And yep. it's really been beneficial to us because, you know, we've, we've lived through a lot of different seasons of, of poverty and, you know, times of blessing, but 
what's really helped us is those reevaluation times is to go, right, that is not working. Cause if you just continue on mm-hmm. and never reevaluate, then gosh, you're, you're not going to um, benefit from whatever's going on. So I think that's good too, is, you know, n- checking in yeah. with yourself, with your mind and saying, oh yeah, okay, this is what's up. I'm, I'm getting close to that time period again, or, oh gosh, something must be really weighing on me. Maybe I'll just go check in. And, you know, your, your therapist is not going to be offended if you're breezing in and out. They want to know that, that you're well and taken right. care of. And it's just like a well check. Yeah. You guys, I mean, you go into a well check for your doctor, so you can have a well check for your brain. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I love (laughs) that you put it that way. Absolutely. A well check for your brain for us to really start thinking about it that way. You know, um, like you said, just maintenance on a car. We, we never get one car and just never, ever take it in. Yeah. With air or anything like that, we have to keep it maintenance in order to keep it running. Our bodies are just like that. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And I think, you know, as we start talking about, you know, changing the way we're thinking about mental, mental health, you know, mental health awareness month in May, mm-hmm. yep. um, that I like what they, um, the phrase that they use flipping the script. And, you know, we talk about the stigma, you know, that comes with mental health, and especially, I mean, in all walks of life, but it seems to be especially in low income communities. And, you know, people get offended. There are deep offenses that happen. If you tell family members, okay, I'm going to therapy, then automatically their guard is up as if they are perceiving you saying, I'm going to therapy or I'm taking my child to therapy as if what they have been doing their whole life is wrong. And you're saying that you're better than, and that's not the case. And I I just think it's these social stigmas that have just happened around it. You know, that, you know, we hear, I know that everybody can relate. You know, we hear somebody in our circle say therapy. Oh, that's that touchy feely mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's right. not, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> and it's, um, it is very hard to make a decision to do this. If it's not something that your family has been open to in the past or something that they've done, because there, there is that stigma in our social circles. And I do want to talk about um, changing that stigma I was watching, and I will link in the show notes, um, a clip from a 60 Minutes episode. It was seven years ago, mm-hmm. and they talked. To, they were talking with parents about the stigma of having children in therapy, and one of the things that really stood out was that um, the presenter had trouble getting families to come and talk to him on 60 Minutes about having a child with a mental health issue, and he said what was shocking to him was the number of people saying, this is normal. This is normal. All these holes in the wall in my living room, because my child is having an outburst. It's normal. All these, all these things are normal. And the ER being the only option is normal because we daren't talk about it in public. And it, it was heartbreaking. And a woman shared, she said, the difference is the casseroles. And what she meant by this was her daughter had been hit by a car and broke her leg and was thankfully okay. But her neighbors and her social circle and her church joined together to do like meal train, you know, bring the casseroles and the dishes and take care of the family. And she said it it was wonderful. And they felt cared for and loved and encouraged. And she said two months prior to this, 
her daughter had been in a psychiatric ward and no one had dared to mention it. And until we can think about mental illness as being needing to be looked at as a child who is sick and needs to get better and a child who needs to go to a well check to a therapist just to double check that we're not going to get off on the wrong path and to identify problems before they start. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep going down this path. So talk to me about, talk to me about that, where you live, what you see, how we can start reshaping our thoughts as we go, Oh, therapy, and then immediately have a reaction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are so many facts to set a person or a family's approach to therapy and all that. Um, you know, number one, it's, uh, kind of, uh, kind of starting on a smaller scale and then working a little bit, you know, further up one is, uh, internally recognizing and acknowledging that there is a problem or a concern or something to be addressed. Because again, we tend to think of I'm broken. Uh, you know, or I need to be able to fix this myself. Why can't I do this myself? What's wrong with me? And, you know, and so when we start having those thoughts, we start diminishing what's going on and saying like, okay, no, this isn't really that big of a problem, or I'm too embarrassed to let people know that this is going on in my household type of person or with the type of whatever like right. that. You know, so that really, it. I mean, it, and it is that whole kind of pulling back the veil, so to speak, and saying like, hey, you know, we do have this going on and we do need to seek some assistance. And, you know, like you said, that flipping the script, actually being able to think of it as let's turn that to a strength to say, because we're doing this, maybe we can also encourage others or other families to do the same thing because we're doing that. We never, we never think about that, but, but again, being able to, that would be one way to go. And then another thing too, culturally, Cultural aspects play a lot, uh, have a big significant part in a person being able to, to our family seeking therapy. I'll speak, you know, specifically for, um, you know, in the African-American community and with black families, um, a lot of times the, the thought of, again, you know, we're a strong family, we keep things in the family, we can, we can tend to this ourselves, we don't need an outsider, we especially don't need an outsider who doesn't know our culture or our family, you know, things like that do play into that narrative. And it stops families from seeking assistance. Uh, And again, uh, you know, uh, number one, if you find a therapist, you know, either of your same culture or of your same belief, like that that connectivity right there is an important, even if not, um, it's being able to say, it's like, hey, we can't do this ourselves. In fact, we do need some right. assistance and, and seeking that out. So those are a couple of things right there that do hinder um, the, the, you know, seeking the, you know, the, the help, uh, like, you know, kind of starting the helping process is being able to acknowledge that, okay, I do need help. I do need assistance. Right. And I, I think that's, it's so important. Um, you guys, as you're out there listening, um, that it's okay. It's all right to need other people. We're, we're created for community and to love on one another. If we've learned anything from COVID, it's, it's that no matter how introverted or okay on your own that you are, we do actually need other people. And that's all right. It's a good thing. We are thankful for other people in our lives and, and therapy can be just that for you. So as we continue our conversation, you know, with these um, small episodes with Gigi, I just hope that you take it in and understand that uh, therapy is just a tool. 
It's just there to help you out. Another stepping stone on your way. It's nothing to be scared of or, you know, intimidated by, but it's there for you. So I'm going to link some, um, uh, some videos in the show information. If you guys want to check it out and just be encouraged. What you're doing is important. You are essential. Bye. Hi, friends. Please take a minute if you enjoy our podcast to rate us and to follow along. It really helps us out to get more listeners who we are able to help with more empowering information. Thank you so much.